Hello, and welcome to the To The Stars podcast. This podcast is dedicated on the premise that science fiction, particularly its golden age, had a mission, beating the drum to get man to the stars. It's been created to recognize and honor those who have dedicated themselves to this objective. And today we have a very special guest. We actually met several years ago when I went out to D.C. and uh, met him at the national headquarters for the Challenger Learning Centers. Please welcome Lance Bush. Hi, Lance. Hi, John. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and thank you for uh, being on this podcast. The, um, my visit to you so many years ago now, it seems like it was probably back in 2013 or so, 2012, at least one of the times I remember going there after I was visiting on a, uh, another project I was doing out there in D.C. And it was amazing just what your mission was with the Challenger Learning Centers, I learned a lot about with uh, June Scobie Rogers, who in 2011 had been a keynote speaker for our Writers of the Future event that we held here in Hollywood. So I guess getting up to that point, what actually inspired you to get involved in space in the first place? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I grew up um, kind of living what some people might not appreciate, but I thought was a wonderful life uh, in a very small coal mining village in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, I was fortunate that my parents encouraged me. I had a little bit of aptitude for science and math and, um, you know, got the opportunity to uh, join uh, uh, NASA uh, in the legendary group that designed Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo. And I even overlapped with um, Katherine Johnson for one year of Hidden Figures fame. Um, and, uh, you know, it started a career. But, you know, it, to me, it was, I think I was inspired to, when I was young, um, to, you know, make a huge impact in the world. Um, you know, science fiction was, uh, you know, cool. I was a, I was a young kid and yeah. thought, uh, you know, this, this, this would be a cool path. Uh, little did I understand or appreciate how cool it would be. Um, even with, uh, you know, uh, how fantastical and uh, the imagery of uh, science fiction at the time. So with, with that in mind, you, how did your trajectory end up, you know, getting you to arrive with, uh, I get, I'm assuming that June scooped you up and got you involved with Challenger Learning Centers, but how did that work to get you in that to finally arrive there at the Challenger Learning Centers, which is such an amazing project, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, well, Challenger Center, you know, is, is an education. We're a STEM education organization. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I started my career as a, I got my college degree in aerospace engineering. So they're not exactly um, uh, completely aligned. But, uh, you know, what happened along the way is, um, you know, in fact, my first week at NASA, I had a, a meeting, a branch meeting, and uh, as I told you, this is kind of a legendary group that our our meeting room was, uh, our conference room was where they took the iconic photo of the Mercury 7 with the blue backdrop, and they're in the silver suits, and, and right. by the way, if you look at the, if you look at their boots, um, you'll note that we didn't have enough space boots uh, built at that time, or on site, and so they actually had to spray paint uh, some like, you know, leather boots. To want to, you know, if you look at that photo, you can see. You'll, 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 I will. Uh, I will when we're done here. 
Um, but anyway, I'm in that branch chief, I'm in that branch meeting, and uh, the branch chief's talking about the projects we have. And by the end of the, the meeting, I have no idea what's going on because they were using acronyms that were specific to those pro- NASA projects, um, very liberally, by the way. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the meeting, the, the branch chief, uh, you know, he kind of dismissed this and he said, oh, yes, one more thing. And almost with a little disdain, he was like, oh, yes, but comes an elementary school, call it again and let somebody to come speak to their third grade class. At which point I thought, wow, we get to be space vehicle designers and we get to talk to kids about this. This is like the greatest job ever. Um, and I'm like, and I'm, you know, and I'm like, I throw my hand up in the air like I'm still in college, um, you know, to be called upon. <laughs> And, uh, and I, and I think, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm never going to get this assignment because I'm the new guy, you know, and, and I look around the room, um, and as anybody else listening to this podcast might, you know, can, you know, realize at this point is, yeah, all the other engineers were looking at their shoes, trying to avoid eye contact with the branch teeth because they were, they were very stereotypical of that era, you know, kind of introverts, um, and uh, and so of course the branch chief, you know, I got picked, and I, I don't. He didn't even remember my name at that point. He's kind of like, hey, yeah, you see me afterwards. So um, that actually started me on a, a long trajectory uh, throughout my career of just volunteering to, to talk to students, to the public. I was one of NASA's top speakers each year um, in terms of you know number of groups and people I've talked to and. And then I got more and more involved on boards and volunteer activities around education and realized how, how rewarding it was. But it was always volunteer. You know, I could, uh, you know, about, uh, and I went along my career. I had, you know, 20-year career at NASA, designing space vehicles, helping uh, open up commerce, you know, the whole idea of com- commerce in space, and then left and helped run a, a private space company and ran another, helped run another financial firm. All, you know, very successful ventures. Uh, I was in the process of taking over another big uh, initiative with a global firm and Challenger Center Board of Directors called. And, and you know, it's, it's a, it was, like I said, started by families and you have astronauts, you have people from the space community. And they said, you know, Lance, we've known you your whole life, you know, from the work you've done in the space community. You're very genuine. You're very hardworking. You've had a lot of success. And you really care about students. You really care about education. You've never taken this on as your full-time role, but it's been your, you know, your passion. And, and uh, by the way, we can't tell you what you're making with private sector, but we think <laughs> you're coming um, because you love this mission. And I, it was, it was, you know, I was shocked by the, you know, I mean, this is this is all happening in in this call, and it was literally I paused maybe two three seconds, and I said. Darn it! You're right, I am coming. You know, I realized like, yeah, they're right. I do, I do love this stuff, and that was a little over eight years ago. You um, called, you called your wife and told her we're going back to rural living, but I've got a great new job. Yeah, so okay. uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was thrilled with it. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and so now I get to, you know, I, I was shaping the future in the, you know, in the job I had at NASA, you know, designing space vehicles, opening up the commerce, but now. Um, and as I tell people, like I was a NASA, like rocket scientist and I loved it, but this is my best job I've ever had because I'm getting to influence, you know, help hundreds of thousands of students every year. And each one of them is going out and make, you know, making their own impact. So I'm thrilled with, 
frame at the ability to join this legendary group. It is indeed legendary. Now, when you started, because there's, there's what, 43 centers now around the world? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're 42. Okay. Uh, we're in, let's see, we're in uh, two other countries in addition to the U.S., um, and we're, we are uh, on a growth path. Uh, we're, going to, we're talking with about 60 other communities right now who would like a Challenger Learning Center, um, and uh, we also have just recently, over the past several years, developed and tested out in our digital version of what we do in our centers, and that's going to, the combination of our centers and our digital version, uh, we think we're going to go from about a quarter of a million students uh, a year that we work with to a, a million or a, couple, a million within a couple of years and then a couple million, you know, a few years after that. Wow, that's amazing. So how many centers were there when you started um, nine years ago? About the, about the same, about 40. We, but we were, uh, one of the things that happened is, you know, we, we've been around for, you know, a couple decades. And um, so we, when I came in, we really made a big effort in looking at changing up programming, um, adding in, you know, really supporting the centers we had, and the focus has been there uh, over the past few years in terms of that. Um, but we're now looking at how do we grow the impact uh, out further, and uh, because our we sat down with the board about two years ago and said, okay, uh, let's look at ourselves, take a real deep introspective look, and what we realized is. Uh, what we do is really effective. We have young alumni. We're, we're old enough, almost 35 years now, that we have alumni who are actually working out there. People work for, you know, are working on the Orion Project, people working on Blue or at Blue Origin, people who, you know, work for NASA, you know, people who, who are medical doctors, who are science teachers, who come back and find us on social media and say, this was the day that changed my life that made me realize I, I can do this, I want to do it, I'm going to do it, and I did it. Um, so we... We know what we're doing works. We've had external validation from, you know, uh, partners of ours. But what we felt we needed to do then was just to get it to more students. And so, therefore, that's our focus right now over the last couple of recent years is let's get let's open more centers. Let's uh, get, get a digital platform out there. Um, let's help more and more students because at the end of the day, um, helping them is a great mission, but also they, in turn, will help all the rest of us because our social and economic well-being is predicated on having uh, people like that in our society. Absolutely. So just so anybody is not familiar with the uh, Challenger Learning Centers, can you please just give a bit of an overview of, of how it was created and its actual just specific statement of its, of its mission so people can really think with how vital this is? Yeah, so, um, you know, the creation of this is, um, you know, this is this came out of, you know, real love of mission, uh, heroic efforts. Uh, the the uh, Space Shuttle Challenger Mission 51L, which was in 1986, uh, that was a crew that, uh, you know, of course they had you know, multiple missions they were undertaking, but the key one that you know brought them a lot of notoriety was that they had the, the teacher in the first teacher in space, uh, Christian McCall, on board. But all the crew members were involved in that educational mission, um, and you know the the mission ended in tragedy. Seventy three seconds after launch, uh, everybody was lost in that that tragedy. Um, 
And amazingly, the families of that crew came together. They were called to the White House. Uh, by then, it was uh, President Reagan and Vice President Bush. Um, and, the, and the president and vice president asked them what could they do um, for the families to make this better. And here in their grieving moment, these families um, thought deep in their hearts about uh, the crew members, their their family, loved family members, and what they stood for and why they did this. And they said, you know, we really want the mission to continue. We want to continue to inspire students. And they, um, within months, they created the foundation, an idea, and within about a year and a half, they created the first Challenger Center with the idea that we're going to inspire students to want to learn math and science, to have an a, a adventuresome exploration vision. Um, and the way we're going to do it, yes, it didn't work, you know, on, you know, we, we didn't have that moment when Challenger launched, but you know what, we're going to, we're going to take it a step better. We're going to let the kids do the mission. So what they did was built a full-on simulation, a place where you could walk in. It looked like you're in Houston Mission Control and you were in the spacecraft and the students fly the mission. Um, they take on the, the tough moments. Um, and, We've embedded the math and science in there that's critical to their age group and is aligned with standards. And the students come out loving uh, the experience, recognizing that these are careers they can do, that they want to do. And it has successfully launched a lot of uh, students uh, on their on their pathway in life. So it's kind of a brief of it. And uh, as I tell people, it's, it's really hard to explain unless you're there. But I guess maybe the closest thing it could analogy I could give over a podcast is imagine if you were dropped into the middle of the Apollo 13 movie um, and you were one of the characters in there. It, it's pretty much like that. And it is more like the Apollo 13 mission because we make sure that there is what we affectionately call an off-nominal scenario, which is NASA speak for, oh, yeah, we might die. Um, it's a nice <laughs> way of making it sound a little less tense. So, uh, yeah, so we, we make sure that they have a big challenge to overcome and they feel accomplished at the end as well. Good. And they can find out more at challenger.org, correct, as the website? Absolutely. Thank you for, for reminding uh, the viewers. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I should be better at that, that marketing of our challenger.org, but uh, I appreciate you giving the plug. Yeah, we had, this was uh, some years ago, but... Uh, June arranged for the winners of the Ellen Hubbard Writers and Illustrators of the Future Contest to come to the local one here in, in Los Angeles, and they visited the Challenger Space Center and had a wonderful time. They had amazing photos, and just, you know, that year the theme was science fiction, so it just really fit in well with, the, uh, um, with ever, all the winners that year. It was, it was quite an experience for them that they were just, you know, totally rave about when they came back. Yeah, we, we get that reaction, uh, whether it's, the students, I mean, one of the most uplifting parts of my job is, and I mean, for many of our, our people all over the world, is to watch the transformation of students who are going through this mission, to see them uh, energized, to see them come out feeling uh, accomplished and that they're, they've, they're able to tackle something that they might previously have thought was outside their realm. Uh, to watch a couple of, you know, 12-year-old girls get high-fives and say, that was the coolest thing I ever did, you know, yeah. on a space mission. Um, and, and we get the same reaction, you know, usually when I'm uh, giving this uh, a little bit of a tour to uh, adults, uh, the, the reaction I always get is like, oh, I wish I had this when I was a kid, and can I do this? 
And the answer is yes, you can. And actually, we do. Um, there are even uh, adult corporate missions. We've, we've run missions for corporations who use it for teamwork and communication, critical problem solving, which are all core components of uh, as well of what we do with the students. Yeah, no, it's just it's just amazing. So I'm I am curious. Uh, some years ago, um, when June came out and spoke at our um, awards event. She met uh, Kevin Anderson and Rebecca Mesta, and she came out with, a, I think it was a trilogy on um, a series of, of books, that, uh, Star Challengers, that series. Did that make any difference at all for people getting interested? Did that have a, any tangential effect on interest in the space program or people wanting to do more about Challenger? Yeah, we uh, she's uh, she teamed with um, actually another science fiction writer, uh, which we should give due to, which is yeah, as you said, Kevin Anderson and Rebecca Masta. Um and uh, uh, it does. We we get uh, we still have uh, uh, we get orders for those uh, consistently, um, and there are, you know we're acknowledging there's a lot of different ways to um, inspire people and get out there. I, I myself. Uh, I'm a great uh, appreciator of all the different aspects of the liberal arts and how they've inspired engineers and scientists, whether it's film, uh, music, paintings, um, books, science fiction books. Uh, they've all really helped shape the future. I mean, us, us engineers and scientists come afterwards and make it a reality. And so I'm, I'm constantly... Um, encouraging young people who are looking at their education to ensure that they get some um, creativity uh, in their education. Yeah, that's, um, I think it's important because especially even more so now as the imagination gets taken away, doing the things that, and grounding kids in something that can inspire their own imagination, a sense of wonder that can lead them to a future which isn't just, you know, um, already laid out, but something that they need to be able to create, which is what a lot of what you've done and other astronauts and people in the industry are forced to do because it is, it's constantly paving a new direction for um, the advancement of, of humanity. Perhaps I'm being a bit uh, over grandiose there, but I really see that a lot, especially when you take a look at today's, you know, situations, the need for somebody to be able to think outside the box to be able to what are we going to do on the moon or on Mars or to take it to the next level and keep that desire to, to figure something out going is, is really, really important. Yeah. It's, it, they're all versions of um, problem solving and, uh, and thinking of the big, the big issues and um, you know, how do we get to Mars? How do we, how would we keep people alive? And some of these have lessons that we can use back here on earth. I mean, there's been lots of um, advanced technologies that we've, developed um, in even water reclamation and recycling in, in space um, that we're able to use down here. And um, certainly I know every, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a real awareness of, you know, the challenges that humanity has facing it in the future. Um, there's, will we have enough clean drinking water? Will we have enough food? You know, how, how, how do we uh, progress along a lot of these challenges in front of us? And I'm very optimistic, John. I mean, if you really read the history of humanity, you look back a couple, just, it was only a couple hundred years ago 
that, you know, we were, uh, you know, a species who was, you know, 80% of us were in poverty. The life expectancy was much lower for people. Uh, child uh, birth mortality rates were high. And we, as a species, used reason, logic, science to come up with solutions all along the way. And we, we went from, you know, a billion people to seven billion people and somehow figured out how to feed all of them and to keep uh, more of them alive longer. And uh, we continue to solve problems. And some of them, you know, today sound like quaint technology, like chlorinating water, but that saved billions of lives. Uh, the fact that we could kind of figure out how to get any kind of water and, and make it drinkable. Right. Um, so there's uh, out in front of us, when I look at the, you know, us progressing out into the cosmos, I mean, it's just a natural continuum. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, a little more challenging space for humans to live in, but I, you know, we're also identifying these days that there could be thousands of habitable planets out there. And when we were kids, um, the question of whether there was life out in the universe was kind of a, you know, a theoretical thing. And now we think it's highly probable that there may be life, you know, not just like out there and not just in our galaxy, not just in our solar system, but like really close by, it might be on one of the moons of Jupiter because we found a, a salt ocean there, you right. know, which is probable of uh, containing life. And we're probably going to go there in the next couple of years and see if, if there is life there. And to me, that's just all amazing. It is. It's an interesting thing. I've, uh, one of the books that I published is called Battlefield Earth by Owen Hubbard, and I do a lot of, of social posts on that. And one, the premise of that is the Voyager is picked up by an alien uh, recon drone, and then the story proceeds from there. And the uh, I'll post, I've been doing this for, I mean, the, po the book was originally written in 82, and then when it re-released a few years ago, had another major um, spurt and it hit number one again. But the comments that would come back on it have evolved over the years to where bef when I first started doing this, it was like, no, there's no such thing as, as aliens and UFOs. And it was all like reject, reject, reject. And now it's like they start looking at the math and the, the fact that, like you just said, there's so many habitable worlds around. The idea that there isn't other intelligent life seems um, more and more ridiculous to think that. And... I think with what's being done here to be able to to set people in the direction of going more and more into space, I think that's that's a, a notion that needs to be entertained with with some um, seriousness now that we're realizing as we've like you said we've we've evolved from hardly any technology a little over a century ago to where now we're in space. You know how fast is that curve going to continue going? And especially with your project to continue to um, accelerate interest in, uh, in young adults to be able to learn and develop more. What do you see as, as the influence of Challenger on that concept of dealing with a future where it's very real that there is other intelligent life out there? Well, um, the goal for us is to inspire the next generation to go out and make the world a better place. You know, we want we want these people to be able to have full enriching, fully enriched lives. But um, I know there's plenty of us here, myself, one of them, by virtue of our career, had the opportunity to, you know, have the the opportunity to look deep into deep deep into the cosmos and see that you know there are grand possibilities. So, um, you know, a Challenger Center, 
is is a little mind-boggling for me to imagine where some of the people that we're talking to now will end up being and what they will end up discovering. But I can make some basic statements, like, for, for example, that, that I feel very confident about. If we're going to Mars, and I believe we will, we will put people on Mars. Um, I believe that's going to happen within a decade or so. Um, and those those could easily be people that are uh, right now in a challenger center or or just, you know, five years ago were in a challenger center. The, you know, the, the students at today are the Martians at tomorrow. I mean, these will, when we talk about space projects, a lot of them have long timelines just because of the nature of the work. And so the people we're inspiring now will have huge roles in this. And we are seeing, like I told you at, at the beginning, we, we're seeing it even right now. We've, we have a, a young lady at Blue Origin who grew up in a, um, a rural uh, village in Alaska. She went to the Challenger Learning Center there when she was, I think, 11 or 12. Um, we have a Challenger Center on the Kenai Peninsula. She was so inspired by all that, she realized, like, this is what I want to do with my life. And she took it uh, literal at that point. It wasn't just that she wanted to do math or science of some sort, but she, she wanted to be a part of this grand adventure of space. Um, she got an aerospace engineering degree at uh, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and from there she went to some little college called Brown, um, and she got a Ph.D. in planetary sciences. Uh, from there she got a fellowship at Columbia University to um, study habitable exoplanets, as we were talking about, and now she's training at Blue Origin. Uh, she's been there for about maybe about two years, a year and a half. She's, been, she's training to be a Capcom for the... Uh, New Glenn, and so it's people like that who are going to go, going to continue to make huge impacts out in the world um, and make great discoveries. Which is amazing, and that's it is something like this that's needed because now, how much do you see yourself filling the the lack of of science of of, of good science education in schools? How much do you see you like making up that that I guess that lack. Yeah, well, we we see ourselves as uh, as giving teachers um, some great tools for them to use. I mean, there's there's some great efforts going on, and we know that it's tough out there in lots of communities. Uh, they are very uh, economically strapped, and schools are usually not getting the lion's share of funding, and so. Uh, with our foundation, you know, we raise funds, we create really innovative programming, and then we work with communities. And our goal is to work with the broadest set of communities. And, you know, I want to make sure people understand uh, we're not focused, um, you know, we're not a, a you know, science, tech, education organization that's focused, you know, just on like high school advanced science students. We are actually uh, focused on the broadest set of all the students we want to bring along all society, even if you're not going to become a scientist or engineer, we want you to be scientific literate. And so, um, you know, we're trying to make a huge impact in, in society that way. Um, and uh, we have centers that are in um, New York City, uh, but it's in, you know, one of the toughest parts, Lower East Manhattan you've ever seen. And it's you see an incredible diversity of students coming through there of different backgrounds and ethnicities and economic status, uh, but we're also in places like um, the eastern coal fields of Kentucky, uh, some very underserved students there um, who 
uh, we have some of the biggest success rates of students finding uh, being inspired there to go do something else. So we're in a lot of places making a lot of impacts, um, and uh, it's a joy to see them uh, in that moment, and then as adults making the impacts. Which is now for somebody to come see the Challengers um, Learning Center. Is there a fee for them to, to have to go in and, and tour? No, not really. These are We really set these up um, to augment the education in communities. And uh, so they're, they're, uh, they typically run missions with you know 20 to 30 kids, whatever a, a classroom size is. Um, and they're really uh, operated uh, by communities in these communities. So generally, they're very welcoming to people who want to come see it. They, In fact, we have community days where we invite the public in to come see what what's happening. Um, and, and often, uh, it's been my position that uh, we don't make, uh, while we don't, you know, we have these facilities, we don't make them exclusive. If, if uh, we can expand the amount of programming and we bring in other types of STEM education programs, other uh, programs in general, that's great. Um, we're there to help. We're there to make a difference in people's lives. So, um, yeah, we're very welcome to, to folks. So if you, you know, you can go to our website, challenger.org. You could see where these, these are located. If there's one in your community, you could, we have contacts for them there. And you're welcome to come visit. Uh, I hope you, you, you do it and you get the, the bug and say, hey, I'd, I'd love to see how we can get involved and, and be a part of this as well. Yeah, I wanted to know that because I plan on being very aggressive on how I promote this, uh, this our interview here because I think it's such an important program and the more people know about it and know the, the your rules of engagement that they can better take advantage of it. You know, there's I do I work with a lot of stuff here in Hollywood, a lot of organizations that are geared towards um, either underprivileged or just making it open to everyone. We have our Writers of the Future contest, which is that same principle. It's anybody who wants to. There's no entry fee for them to enter the contest. So that's what I was just curious because it's, it's something that I'm really supportive of. And like I said, we're, other programs I'm involved with in Hollywood is design, are designed to help the aspiring whatever that happens to be. So um, I think that space and that is it's not the final frontier but it's definitely the next frontier to be conquered and this is an important element to achieving that objective yeah absolutely and we're happy to um you can either visit your local center or you know we're we as well the national office can coordinate uh vip visits to centers and give people a sense of what it's like um, I, I tell you, it's very uh, uplifting to go watch a mission, to see kids um, come out successful, thrilled, having done math and science, um, high-fiving, telling each other, you know, their story. I mean, they're, they're all talking to each other at the end of the mission saying, did you know I saved your life, that I did it this way, um, and, and, and see them walk away with, uh, you know, at a critical time in their lives, like middle school, where... Uh, you realize this may have turned this kid on a path that will help all of us and help this, this student. So, uh, yeah, we, we'd be happy to, to share it with uh, everybody we can. And I appreciate you, John, trying to bring attention to our mission. Well, thank you. I think that Beeman's still a kind of a purpose in, uh, in anyone, whether they're a child, young adult, or an adult, is, um, is something that's worth you know, helping to support.
So once again, please tell um, the listeners how they can find out more about um, the Challenger program. You go to challenger.org. It's pretty uh, on our website. We have you can actually watch a really great video. There's like a three minute video that would take you right inside. You hear from the students, the teachers who go there, which are even more compelling than than me talking about it. Uh, we also we have lots of free resources on there for communities, uh, for teachers, for uh, parents. Uh, we actually are the keepers of Krista's lessons, Krista McCall's lessons that she was going to fly in space, and in fact. Um, we recently, uh, about a year and a half ago, NASA approached us. Uh, a couple of, they were going to fly a couple of astronaut educators, and those astronaut educators said, we think it's time to fly Chris, like take Chris's lessons to space, fly them, film them, share them with the public. Um, and, you know, we checked with the McCullough family, and they, they gave a big thumbs up to it. Uh, we flew those missions. Uh, the NASA astronauts took them up. We filmed them. We have them on our website. They're free to the public to use. So there's all kinds of great things like that um, that we're happy to help with. You know, again, uh, we welcome uh, welcome the support to help move uh, humanity forward. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Lance. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And I really hope that uh, people listening to this are going to check it out and hopefully help establish a purpose for either for themselves or for people that they're connected with. Thank you very much, John. I appreciated the time here on the show. Great. And thank you for listening. In his introduction to Battlefield Earth, Elwin Hubbard wrote that, quote, science fiction, particularly in this golden age, had a mission, beating the drum to get man to the stars. The To the Stars podcast has been created to recognize and honor those who have dedicated themselves to this objective. Subscribe to the To the Stars podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you very much, Lance. Thank you, John. That was great.